Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Kate. I'm the minister here, and we're grateful that you're here today. We are looking at the fall, all our plans for the fall, and so we have a number of announcements. So I need y'all, I hope you're hydrated this morning. Pay attention uh, and see if you can hang in there with all of these announcements. They are all very good things. I'm going to start framing our announcements in the principles that we talked about in January uh, for so long uh, in a way that I, th I think is very positive. Memorial believes in radical hospitality. Hospitality that extends beyond how you're doing. And uh, here's a couple ways that we're going to do that. Exploring Memorial class uh, will be on August 14th. It's between, it's in the social hall, which is between this building and our Family Life Center. You can come on the 14th at 10 a.m. and you'll learn more about Memorial, more about me, our staff, other newcomers. It gives you a chance to see other friendly faces and start to build relationships. The week before that, August 7th at 5 p.m., we have our ice cream social at um, Lake Robinson. Last year, that was one of the first things I did. It's a great, um, beautiful shed with a deck looking out on the water, and we ask uh, members to bring a dessert or a um, container of ice cream, all kinds of varieties. It's uh, delicious, and I get to call it work, which is awesome. Uh, so that is August 7th at 5 p.m. We're going to do polls all the time. And our primary way to do that is by a website called SurveyMonkey. You'll see it in emails. You'll see it on um, all our social media sites. We're going to get it on the website. And if those things are not your thing, we're going to have copies of it at um, established points in the worship service. The poll that we're doing right now is there's one on the end of every pew. is our contact information poll. We're really trying to make that way more accurate. I'm guessing about six weeks ago, we were at about 50% accuracy, which is not helpful at all. So many of you have given us your updated contact information that I'm guessing we're pushing in the 80s now. A real um, uh, application of that is yesterday I heard that one of our children was in the ER. I looked at the poll. I didn't have their number in my phone. I looked at our system that Aaron is building of contact information, found the mom's cell phone number, and was at the hospital in 20 minutes. That is a real-life application of you taking the time to fill that out, which is tremendous. Um, so thank you for doing that. If doing that digitally is not your thing, there's one at the end of every pew, and you can grab one and let us know your contact information. Um, we believe in passionate worship, worshiping as if it matters, both in, our, in both of our services. And our announcement for that is we've chosen our book for the fall. It's called Fear of the Other, No Fear in Love. It's by Bishop Will Williman. You'll see um, we've got a permanent book list that if you have put yourself on that list, we will order a book for you. And we'll have it for you um, uh, in the coming Sundays so that you can be prepared for that study. That begins on August 14th. And the culmination of it is October 16th. And Bishop Williman is going to be in worship with us and help lead worship and speak, which is, you know, uh, one of my dreams. He's, he's one of my heroes in the way that he, um, his comedy, um, he bites you um, with the scripture. And he also does it in a way that you, you, you sort of laugh at it, which I think is tremendous. Um, um, we have done combined services in the past on fifth Sundays. The aim of such was to get people in the two services that might rarely see each other together. The cost of that is newcomers are confused by us not having our normal schedule that day. Um, we take a huge hit in attendance that day. Um, both services say, oh, we travel over there, but I don't know if they come over here. 
<laughs> Who knows uh, whether that's the case. But what it costs us doesn't outdo uh, what it what um, we hope that what costs us is way more than what it gives us. And so next Sunday would be an example of us doing that. And we're not going to do that any further unless we have something like Consecration Sunday or some major celebration Sunday. I'll tell you one that may come is Christmas Day. Christmas Day is a Sunday. And um, we'll look towards what's the best option um, for all of our families. So next Sunday is normal, um, normal Sunday structure. I'm going to call on Erin Knight. She's our new children's director. And she's going to talk about our next category, which is intentional faith development. Good morning. I am Erin Knight, Director of Children and Family Ministries, and like Joe said, we have a lot to bring to you today. I'll try to leave a little time for a sermon later. <laughs> um, but we're excited because we now have a plan for fall, and um, we will launch that plan on August 21st, which will be Promotion Sunday. Um, that means that each child will move up a grade or a class in Sunday school, but we'll have other celebrations of that as well. First of all, um, there will be two special elements in the 9 o'clock worship. One will be a blessing of the children. Joe will call them forward and, and he and I will um, make sure they feel special and blessed as they face a new school year. And um, then the third graders will receive their Bibles. That is a real milestone in a child's faith development. That Bible is not just something to take home and read and you know put on the shelf but it is something that they have earned they're now old enough to understand it and we're going to make sure they use it by having a three-week course in Sunday school especially for them on what it is how to use it and and how they can apply it to their lives uh, so we're excited about all those things also on promotion Sunday we will be implementing a new Sunday school um, model, which is called Rotation Sunday School. Some of you may have heard of this, but if you haven't, I'm happy to answer questions later. It seems people do need to talk about this concept to fully understand it. But what will happen is children will no longer come in and study a lesson one week and then go home. Uh, they will study the same lesson for three to four weeks in a row, but each week will be a very different application of that lesson. Uh, the reason for that is that kids don't attend every single week, and that way we can make sure every child that comes um, has a chance to touch that lesson. But if they're weekly attenders, they get to go really deep in the Word and retain it and understand it. Um, what they'll do is go into their classroom, divided by age as always, K-5 first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. Um, and there will be two people in that room to greet them. Those are called the shepherds. Shepherds will um, be uh, a presence in these children's lives on a continual basis. They'll rotate on and off of their service with a team of shepherds in that class. But they will um, basically welcome the children and introduce the lesson for 10 minutes. Um, so they'll read the Bible story. After that, the children will be walked by their shepherd to a rotation station, meaning they will be studying art, drama, science, um, woodworking, Legos, it'll be a different thing each week and because Joe and I are writing this curriculum we can be very creative and adapt it to the learning styles of the children of this church and the gifts of the people of this church that want to reflect those two children through gospel and um, through the Bible. So let me know if you have a gift you would like to share through Rotation Sunday School. 
all of that that I just said with a little less explanation is in your bulletin today. And also at the back, as you leave on the table, there is a printed copy of a survey. We're hitting you twice this week. Um, this survey is really uh, an indication of your interest in children's ministry, where you would like to volunteer. So I've mentioned Rotation Sunday School and the Shepherds for that. We also need um, people to be a welcome team for the children, to give them their badges that um, match up with their parents for security. We need people for all the uh, preschool uh, Sunday morning activities. And we'll need people for Sunday night. Joe has generously offered to teach choir to the preschoolers. Now who doesn't want to come see that, right? <laughs> uh, so we'll need two volunteers a week in preschool um, at, from 5 to 6.30 on Sunday nights. And then I will need one person to um, be my partner on Sunday nights as well from 5 to 6.30. So those are exciting opportunities. I think that each of you has something you could give to enrich the children of this church. I know you do. Uh, and if you give just a little, I think a lot of people giving a little is what we're going to model this year's um, volunteer opportunities off of. Um, almost every opportunity is little to no preparation unless you just like to take something and own it, in which case I will, I will give you that uh, opportunity. Thanks for your time and let me know if you have any questions. Aaron's going to land a big plane on a short runway um, by make it by August 21st. Um, but she's a very good pilot. I mean, I'm excited about that coming. Um, teaching them choir is a strong phrase. Um, playing the guitar and monkeying around is uh, is a better way to apply that. Wayne Morris, if you'll come forward, Wayne is <clears throat> excuse me. It's going to tell us about mission and service. This is another thing that we value um, here at Memorial. morning. I guess I picked the wrong Sunday to ask Pastor about making an announcement, so I apologize. But hey, our uh, Sunday school class, Partners in Faith, um, uh, we're wanting to try to help out in the community and with school starting back in about three weeks. Uh, we're going to start a drive of collecting uh, school supplies, uh, just general items, uh, copy paper, uh, pencils, uh, crayons, glue sticks, tissues, anything like that. Uh, we're going to have a couple of collection bins uh, at the uh, FLC and then at the church office. So if you'd be willing to help us out of uh, bringing some of those items in, uh, we, we know we're going to run it through uh, at least the, through the end of August. And then... Um, also, we're going to work on uh, trying to get a uh, coat drive uh, or collecting some jackets uh, or coats uh, coming into the uh, winter months. Uh, I know right now nobody's thinking about wearing a coat or jacket, but it'll get cold again. So, uh, But trying to work on that, and we'll have some more information to, to come about that. And then the last thing... Um, on August the 13th uh, in the social hall, uh, our class is going to sponsor uh, sort of a night to uh, help Carson Radline with his project on the mats. Uh, but we're going to uh, meet at 5 and was looking at meeting from 5 to 8. Uh, we're going to provide some pizza and uh, maybe even try to watch a movie, but we're going to work and watch a movie. So we're going to try to basically help him out with his project of uh, doing some different things. So uh, if you've got some time, you can bring your family uh, you, you please you know you can come out and uh, and help with, with that so but thank y'all so that's an awful lot
it's because we're becoming as vital as we can possibly be in this community uh, with all these practices. Thank you both um, for your work and preparation in that. Let's begin our service.
you to notice the hymns and uh, other songs all day today because they're chosen within our theme. And we also have some new hymns. Notice uh, during the offering you're going to hear the tune of a new hymn we'll sing at the end of the service. Please stand and join me as you're able for number 348.
Let us now affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence He shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. I invite the children to come forward for the children's sermon. Good morning. How are y'all? Are y'all good? Okay. Do any of y'all like to fish? You like to fish? You like to fish? Okay. I personally am not a big fisherwoman. I that is not my thing. If I was going to go sit on a boat all day long and not catch any fish, that sounds not fun to me. Does that sound fun to you guys? Sit on a boat all day long? No. But some people like to go fishing and just they say it's really relaxing. They like to go out there even if they don't catch anything. Uh, not me. That wouldn't be my thing. So can you imagine going all night and sitting there and not catching anything? Just all night long sitting out there in a boat. You think you'd be tired? Maybe cranky a little bit. I might be a little cranky if I was out there, yeah. What if someone came up to the shore and just said, hey, take your fishing pole and put it on the right side of the boat? What would you say to them? Would you think they might be a little... You think they would be right or you think they might be a little crazy? I might say, oh, that's crazy. I've been here all night. I'm not sticking my pole. I've stuck it on the right side, the front side, the back side, the left side, every which side, and I haven't caught any fish. That is crazy. Well, in our Bible lesson today, there's a story in John 21 about some of the disciples that were out there fishing. Simon Peter said, I'm going out to fish. And some of the others said, well, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they didn't catch anything. 
Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, by the, but the disciples didn't realize that it was him. He called out to them and said, Friends, haven't you caught, have you any fish? And they said, What? No, we don't have any, they answered. He said, Well, guess what? Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some fish. And when they did, they were unable to haul the net. They were unable to bring that net back onto the boat because of the big number of fish that were in there. And then the disciple whom Jesus really loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say that, It is the Lord. He wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off during the night and, had, and jumped right into the water and went right to him. And the other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. So what do you think Jesus was doing for them? He was making them some breakfast, right? Because it was morning time. Jesus said to them, Bring some of those fish you have just caught. Simon Peter climbed aboard and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153 fish. You think you could hold that many? Yes. You could? Okay, good, good. All right, Thomas has got it. But even with so many, the net was not even torn. It stayed together. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. Now, would that be cool? If you hadn't fished all night long, and Jesus is standing over there saying, Come on, I got you some bread and some fish. What you think? Would that be pretty good? I don't know about the fish for breakfast, but we, we, we could work with that. All right, what if they had happened, what, if, what would have happened if they had said, um, I don't think I'm going to do that. I don't think I'm going to throw my net on the right side of the boat. What would have happened? They wouldn't have caught the fish, right? They wouldn't have gotten the fish. They wouldn't have gotten those blessings that Jesus had for them. They would have missed out on that great reward that he had for them waiting, that breakfast that he had waiting for them. They would have missed out on the 153 fish that he had waiting for them. So the same thing happens to us when we don't do the thing that Jesus has called us to do. We miss out on his wonderful blessings. All right? So what we need to do is what? What do you think we should do? If he says, throw your net on the right side of the fish, should we, <laughs> the right side of the boat, should we throw our net on the left side? No, no, we should throw it on which one? Right. The right side. Okay, so we should, we should listen to what he has us and do what he tells us to do. Does that sound like a good plan? All right, so this morning, I went fishing yesterday and got you guys some fish. There you go. So I'm going to pass those out. Oops, sorry. And then we're going to say a quick prayer and we'll be finished. Yes, you get to keep it. Yeah, and eat them. If your mom and dad says it's okay. Here you go. There you go. There you go. And one for me. Good. Okay, can you guys pray with me? You don't have to repeat. Just bow your heads. You ready? Father, we know that you have wonderful blessings in store for us when we faithfully follow you. Our prayer is that we will always listen and follow you, Jesus. Amen.
first scripture reading this morning is Psalm 127 in its entirety. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Sons are a heritage from the Lord. Children are reward from Him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are sons born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their enemies in the gate. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as always, we are grateful to gather in your house to honor and worship you through prayer, scripture, proclamation, and song. And because we know you are always listening, we pray for those in our church family and in our community who are experiencing sickness and death. We pray for all of the transitions that we have coming for the fall because we know they are an effort to honor and glorify you with every age group. We pray for those who are applying for positions with our church this week and for our staff parish relations committee that interviews them. We pray for this text that we are about to read that you may make it our text, that we may understand every perspective, that we may understand your provision and love that goes before us and the opportunity that comes to us. Bless us in all these things, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It's now time for our tithes and other offerings. And if you'll pass the attendance register, if you're a visitor today and would like us to contact you, give us any form of contact and we'll use that uh, throughout this week. continue in our series today 
of creeks, lakes, and streams. These are stories of which people learn so much more about themselves and about others and about God by some significant body of water. Understanding that all of you would be around bodies of water all summer long, um, we thought these would be um, great texts that we could use to then learn more about God and about ourselves. Today is John chapter 21. And it's found on page 1687 or within a couple of pages of that if your Bible is a little different. And I invite you to keep it open if you like to read along because I break up the story. Afterward, Jesus appeared to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So the first thing I want you to note about that story is that we humans do what has worked in the past. Whatever that might be and wherever we might be, we sort of revert back to the standard thing that we do, the thing that has worked in the past. And if it doesn't work or it never worked, we'll, uh, we'll settle for let's do the thing we do in the past, whether it worked or not. We just, there's that gravitational pull that pulls us to the things that we have done previously. And so Simon Peter doing what any of us would do after the resurrection, of course before that, after the crucifixion and resurrection, Jesus is now in different places. People are having a really hard time recognizing who he is. He says, let's go do what we do. Let's go fish. And the other disciples do what they do when Peter speaks. They go do it. So in the last verses of chapter 20, Chapter 20 is the resurrection chapter of John. The author of the gospel says, there's all kinds of stories beyond these. I've told you these to try to help you understand what Jesus was doing, what he was about. But in the last verses it says this, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. The intent of the author is, we want you to have an entirely different life in the name of Jesus Christ because of these stories that you've read. So what does life in his name mean? I think people ask that all the time, whether they're asking it or not officially. Does that mean we get to win? Does that mean we get to be safe? Does that mean we get to have authority over other people because we followed and we followed first? Let's see. Verse 4. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, Throw your net out on the right side of the boat and you will find some. Marnie did a great job of capturing this. Um, I had an image in the 9 o'clock service with the screen of a person rolling their eyes. Why do we roll our eyes? Well, there are many reasons. I'll, I'll give you three that are escalating. Disbelief. Did you really just say that? Whatever that might be. Whether it be parent to a child, whether it be child to a parent, whether, whether it be teacher to a student, student to a teacher, minister to a congregant, congregant to a minister. Did you really just say that? Annoyance. Why did you just say that? Why would you say that here and now? 
after we just settled something or uh, things were going well, we're going to roll our eyes. And then there's the third one, which is the most severe, and that is contempt. I hate that you just said that. This is probably more between the first and the second one. What are you talking about? Person on the shore. We've been fishing all night, and we're not rookies. We're fishermen. But this is a phrase I want you to note, um, and it's throughout the Gospels. Jesus has never been impeded by eye rolls. Not once. His claims about being the Son of God, eye rolls. His imitations with meals with outsiders, big time eye rolls that actually led to contempt. His random group of disciples plucked from peculiar locations. People definitely rolled their eyes at his disciples. Who are these people? Who is this guy and who are these people? How many times did that stop Jesus from his chosen path? Didn't. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. Fascinating. Because it's different things that cause people to recognize who Jesus is after the resurrection. Whether it's that he's explaining a story to them, whether it's that he's fishing with them, or uh, cooking with them, whether it's that he calls them by name. In this instance... It's that they pulled in this huge catch of fish. Peter wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them. And did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. 153 is a pretty unique number, isn't it? I reference all the time when it's 3 or 7 or 12 or 40. 153 fish. Y'all put on your clothes and then jump in the water? Is that how y'all do it? Isn't that crazy? So I used to host a weekly podcast, the one that I'm bringing back in two weeks. I had a conference responsibility the last four years that really took a great deal of time. And I just couldn't do it. I've handed that responsibility over, blessedly, and I'm, bringing, I'm using that time to bring the podcast back. In 2012, I had one of my dear friends on, Reverend Chris Barrett. He's the one we lost um, this past winter. Genius. And he was on the show, and I asked him about this text, and he said some interesting things. He said... Peter putting clothes on has a similar image to Adam and Eve putting their clothes on when they realized what had happened. There's uh, shame. There's recognition of something that's gone wrong and wanting to hide it. So there's any number of things Peter has done. He really tried to do what Jesus said most of the time. Sometimes he spoke to him in a way he shouldn't have. Sometimes he did something he shouldn't have, but he was always trying to lead. But he really struggled in those days of judgment of Jesus. And he knows it. 
And when you see somebody and you know you've let them down bigger than anybody could, it's hard to see them, isn't it? And so he puts his clothes on and he jumps in the water. Chris talked about baptism liturgy and baptism imagery of jumping in the water of a new start, of cleanliness, of a new opportunity. Now I'm going to see Jesus again. And then there's a great image of fire and fish. When Moses killed that man because he was assaulting one of his people, ran out into the desert and figured he'd never be seen again, how was he approached? The fire. When the disciples were fishing, they were doing all sorts of stuff with fish, and Jesus approached them and he said, we're going to fish for other people now, for humans. Those two images are critical to the story of the Bible, and especially this story. Verse 15. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Chris said something I've never noticed about this text. He said he's going all the way back to his original name. Now, uh, I know it most often, obviously, with athletes. Somebody's just their name, and then they get a little recognition, and then they become a big name, and then usually they get to the point where everybody wants to tear them down, and they tear them down, and then uh, they were what they were again. He's taken him all the way. He's not Cephas. He's not the rock. He's not the church I'm going to build you on. He is the name that he was when he met Jesus, starting over. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time. He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Chris really wanted to focus on finding redemption. The fact that we have failed so mightily that we said or did something that we should not have either in the name of God or outside the name of God. We did not do something that we should have or did not say something we should have either in the name of God or outside of the name of God. Yet Jesus continues to show up anyway. Continues to invite us anyway and bring us into an opportunity to serve. Chris said, we need to have a healthy appetite for failure. That sounds strange. And every system that Aaron is creating for us that um, I've been talking about for three or four months is designed to improve our communication, our security, our giving, our um, children's ministries, our youth ministries, our music ministries, every, every angle of worship, all of that is pursuing excellence. But there's another side of it, there's a risk side of it, that we are trying to do something that might not work. But doing so on purpose. Because if you're not failing at something, you might be watching a lot of Netflix. If you're not failing at something, you might be reading on your couch too much. If you're not failing at something, we might in the church be doing the exact same thing week in, week out. And oh yeah, here comes 2018. I guess, what do y'all want to do? 
same thing? This story is one of flawed followers that are trying their very best. We need to understand that we are a continuation of that story. All of our failures, for whatever reason, can redeem us. And we can do things that we could never imagine before we failed. So this is every year, uh, it's, it's always easy to remember what year I've been in ministry. It's the year that it is. So this is my 16th year of ministry. If I could tell you the number of times that I failed at whatever it was before I walked in the door here, we'd need a long time. You'd need a snack. But in each of those failures, sometimes it took two failures, maybe three. In each one, I learned something important about doing something the right way or prepping the right way or communicating the right way or including the right people that led me to be able to be a leader today. I'm guessing mandatory retirement when I get there will be something like 91. You think that would be about right there? So I'm 38. So whatever I'm failing at right now is teaching me for the future. So we're going to do two things simultaneously in this church. We're going to work to make everything as professional and interesting as possible. But we're going to also risk outside that. Risk failing. Because it matters to do so. In the name of Jesus Christ. About this time I start looking at YouTube videos for college football previews. And I don't even care what team it is. I of course have a particular team. But I really just like watching all the videos that are created that celebrate all the teams that are coming. And um, of course the church year is very similar to that. You know, the fall is very important and there's a lot of build up to it. And I watched one this week that, uh, of course, whatever you're thinking about is going to pop out to you, but um, I won't tell you what coach said it because, you know, everybody has certain things about whatever coach and that makes you not pay attention to whatever that person said. But this is what this coach said right before they ran out of the tunnel for an enormous game. Don't worry about making a mistake. Every mistake you make today is my mistake. My mistake. Just put it on me. I want you to go out and play with instincts and put every single thing on the line. I've got you today. Now, when I saw that the first time, of course, the hair stood up on my arms. It's a person saying, yeah, we've planned, and yeah, we've put something together, and yeah, I think we need to do these particular things, but I don't need you sitting around going, well, should we do it or should we not do it? Get in there and do it. Don't worry about failing. Because if you're worried about failing, you're worried about disappointing me. If you're worried about disappointing me, then you might have hurt my feelings, you might hurt their feelings, you might hurt their feelings, you might let somebody down. Forget all that. Go with what we've prepared to do and risk everything to make sure that we've given it every single thing we have. So there's no question that's what kind of leader I want to be in this church. One who has set us all to succeed one who's sitting by you, one who's going to call you to do things that you think, uh, what? You think I can do that? And we're going to go out and we're going to um, declare God's word in everything we do. We're going to risk maybe failing at it and trying again. Because it's biblical. It's what the disciples did. It's what Jesus calls us to do. And Jesus will continue to show up and I invite you to as well.
Let us pray. Gracious God, when we try to cover up our shame, invite us not to. Invite us to come straight to you and to give our failures to you, to give our mistakes large and small, because we know that you can redeem us. Remind us of your constant presence and call to proclaim your name. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. We have a new hymn today, and you heard the tune in the um, offertory. The first two lines are in Spanish. I invite you to sing the English ones. And we're going to sing verses 1 and 2. And you know what? If you can sing the Spanish one, go crazy. Number 344. Let's stand and sing verses 1 and 2.
please take the contact information sheets if you need them. Please take the children's uh, Sunday programming sheets if you need them. Please look in your email in the promotions tab or in the junk mail for emails from Memorial and make them okay so that we can communicate with you in every way possible. Go now in peace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit go with you all. Amen. Amen.